Well, uh, like a bunch of you, I'm guessing, uh, I spent a little time uh, looking up into the southwestern sky on Monday at about 5.30 in the evening. Uh, I was looking for the Great Conjunction, uh, which was apparently the first time Saturn and Jupiter had been that close together in about 800 years. But if you looked up, especially in Chicago, if you looked up on Monday evening, you know what I saw, um, a bunch of clouds and uh, no Christmas star. The view was better on Tuesday, um, but you know, the, the main moment had kind of passed. I love stuff like that, so I was uh, sad to miss it. But it did make me think uh, of that August 2017 solar eclipse that happened, which I did get to see. Uh, I drove down to southern Illinois to see it, and when it happened, I noticed that the people around me had all kinds of uh, really different reactions to it. Some people uh, were really quiet when it happened. Uh, some people seemed a little bit scared when it happened. Uh, some people around me were laughing and, and whooping it up when it happened, and even though I didn't personally see anybody cry, I heard that some people did that too. And I have to tell you that this year was the first year that I thought about this story that we have just heard again, uh, the story of Jesus' birth that Luke tells us. This was the first time that I noticed uh, the very different reactions that people had to it, too. Some people in that story wondered about the mystery that they had heard. Other uh, people praised God and hollered about it, and, and one person treasured it quietly and, and pondered it. I think these are all pretty good reactions to hearing about Jesus' birth. And so I'm wondering if maybe we can find our own place in this story tonight and think about our own reaction to it. Luke uh, sets it up so beautifully with that sharp contrast. This power-mad tyrant named Augustus snaps the world into action, but in the end, uh, it doesn't really matter. It is an afterthought, really. The real action happens about as far away from the halls of power as you can imagine. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. A couple of scared kids have to make the trip to Bethlehem at the worst possible time. Mary is having a baby, but the emperor needs his taxes, and so off they go. And when they get there, they find that there is no place for them, and so they make do uh, beside the animals. And when the time came, Jesus is caught in the rough and no doubt shaky hands of a carpenter. And Mary wrapped him up like you have to do with little babies and laid him down in a feed trough. It was a peasant baby born to peasant parents in the most humble of circumstances. In church, <laughs> this is how Jesus came to us. This is the way he came to us. And, you know, we can never forget it. We should never forget this. There's no real way, honestly, to register the paradox of it in minds like ours other than to just say what happened. 
This is what happened. In the birth of Jesus, the ineffable hiddenness and the breathtaking glory of the God of all things exists in space and time with people like us. (laughs) He became flesh and he lived with us. So if if you're ever tempted to think that God really doesn't know you, if you're tempted to think he doesn't know the stuff that you're dealing with, the things that you have to live down, the things that you have to face and get through, then let the image of this little baby nursed by an exhausted, overwhelmed mom, kindly wrapped up so he can sleep in a feed box, let that image make you think again. He absolutely knows you. And that's the truth. He became like us in every way, and he did it for us, and he did it for our good. And then there's this little, little space, this little quiet moment between the stable and the fields in Luke's story. The poet uh, Richard Wilbur wrote, a stable lamp is lighted whose glow will wake the sky. <laughs> and I think that's a perfect description of the moment uh, in Luke's story between uh, the birth of Jesus and that great line that says in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night. I mean, when those guys clocked in for the night shift, they had no idea what was about to happen to them. They could have never dreamed it. And I think that that is at least part of the point. This contrast that Luke loves between uh, the really powerful like Caesar Augustus and the really humble like Joseph and Mary, that paradox runs straight through it. That contrast runs straight through the story. And so, in case we miss it the first time, Luke wants to make sure that we get it the second time. God comes to the humble. His birth announcement is reserved not for a palace or for a temple, but for a dark hillside in the middle of nowhere. It doesn't come to emperors, it doesn't come to kings, it doesn't come to princes. It just comes to regular folks who are trying to grind out another day. There they are one minute, keeping an eye on the animals and chewing the fat, and the next minute they are pinned back by an overwhelming glory that will change them forever. (laughs) They are, as Luke says, filled with great fear. And of course they are. They probably thought they were going to die. But then the angel says to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all of the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And that's the place. That is the place where the mystery of God becoming like us, of God bearing our flesh, gets the clearest explanation that it's going to get that night. And the church has been pretty stubborn about it from the very beginning. This is not mystery for mystery's sake. This mystery is good news for all the people. Precisely because it means that he can be for us what that angel said he would be. A savior. He bears up as one of us. As one of us. 
under our sin, yours and mine, under all of the horror and all of the chaos and all of the destruction that that's caused in our own lives and in the lives of people around us and in the whole weary world. He bears up under all of it as one of us. And he takes our place even though it costs him everything so that we can be forgiven and so that the whole world could be reconciled back to the Father so that we and this whole world could be made new again. And you know what, if, if that's true, if that is true, then what else could people like us say? <laughs> Except to repeat uh, what those multitude of angels that began to hover over the heads of those shepherds sang, glory to God in the highest, gloria in excelsis Deo and on earth, peace. So those guys, they, they run back across those dark fields like they're being chased. Let's see this thing that's happened. And when they get there, it's just like the angel told them it would be. They find Mary and they find Joseph and they find the baby asleep in the strangest bed they have ever seen. But somehow, mysteriously and counterintuitively, it makes sense to them that he would sleep there. And they cannot be quiet about it. They tell everyone what they have seen, not just about the baby in the manger. They tell everyone about the saying that they had been told concerning the child, that he is a savior. And so this is where we get back to all of those different reactions to that strange and wonderful night in Bethlehem. You know, some of the people that heard that story from the shepherds wondered at it. They, they weren't exactly sure what to think. I mean, one thing's for sure, if it's true, it changes everything. And maybe that is where you find yourself tonight. You're wondering if this Jesus, who is at the center of the story, the Jesus who comes humbly to everyday people in whatever messes they find themselves in, with forgiveness and healing, you're wondering if maybe he is someone that you can cling to with what little faith you might have. And if that's you, I just want to say don't stop wondering. Let this thing chase you down. Let, let him chase you down and find him to be true. And of course, that's where the shepherds found themselves that night. They don't need any other convincing that this is true. They leave that night caught up in a story that feels more real to them than any other story they have ever been a part of. And they run off into the night, hooping and hollering and yelling, and they don't care who hears them, glorifying and praising God for all that they have heard and seen. And maybe that is where you are tonight. And that too, I think, makes really good sense as a response to the birth of Jesus and hearing about it again, thanks and praise and gloria in excelsis Deo. And I want to tell you, we need your voice. <laughs> we need your voice to remind us of this good news of great joy for all of the people. Help call us back to that truth, to the unhinged joy of it. And then, of course, there's Mary, treasuring up all of these things and pondering them in her heart, 
quiet and thoughtful. And maybe here, as we get close to the end of a pandemic-stained year, full of so much upheaval and canceled plans and loss and uncertainty, maybe that's what you need. To quietly turn over in your heart that story of Jesus coming to people like us, choosing unlikely people like us to be his own. Surprised again with Mary that he looks upon the humble estates of people like us, just receiving that self-giving love that he pours out on us. Good news of great joy for all the people. Amen. Let me pray for us. Father, who, whoever we are tonight and whatever our reaction is to hearing this story again, we ask that you would help us to respond, <laughs> that by your spirit you would enliven us and those of us who need to sing out praise, that you would help us do it. And those of us who have to think about this more, who, who wonder about it more, would you not leave us alone until we have found him to be true? And those of us here tonight, Father, who, who just need to quietly turn this thing over and not have a profound moment, but just simply receive the love that you have given us. Help us to do that. And if, if we need to do some of all three of these things, help us. And we ask this in the name of Christ who came. Amen.